Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast. I'm John Cass, author of the PR Communications blog and also a co-host here with the Agile Marketing Podcast. We started this podcast as a place where marketers can discuss and debate and learn about ways people are adapting the principles of Agile project management to the needs of an increasingly social and real-time marketing world. First, uh, I'd like to welcome... Uh, my co-host of the Marketing Agility podcast, Frank Days. Welcome, Frank. John, it's great to be back. Yeah, it is. So we've had a little bit of a hiatus, but uh, good to uh, good to be back into the saddle. And today I'm pretty excited because uh, we have uh, Scott Wilder, who is the uh, finding uh, partner and digital strategist at Human uh, 1.0, and also the digital strategist and social media architect at Wilder Voices. Welcome, Scott. Welcome. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, great. Well, it's got, great to have you here. We, you and I have known each other for a couple of years, and, and it was at, uh, we met uh, while I was in your role as uh, GM of online communities and social media at uh, Intuit. And um, you and I got talking recently about Agile, and you explained that you had been using um, Agile um, uh, at Intuit. So I was wondering um, if you could tell us um, how you started off uh, with the... Uh, the new discipline and um, and some uh, some lessons that you learned from that. Sure. So the way I started into it at the time, we were bringing our uh, online community in house. So we were moving from an external platform to internal, and we wanted to create it from scratch. And the reason we decided to do that was we wanted to build online community into our desktop products. So we had a ridiculous time frame. Uh, it was six months and. Uh, you know, I think traditionally, you know, companies will build out these, you know, huge requirement documents and, and follow them. But uh, following the lead of um, a really smart engineer I was working with, he said, we're going to break this down into bite-sized chunks. We're not going to try and do everything at once. And we're going to take the agile approach. And basically, that was really interesting. So there I was kind of, was the engineer, the lead engineer and I were kind of co-pilots of the whole new community. So we were peers um, but I was participating in the daily in the daily scrums, and I'll talk more about that, um, and also the sprints. Um, then shortly thereafter, um, I inherited a team at Intuit. Uh, the guy who headed up the support website, uh, Seth Webster, great guy. He also used the agile approach to build the, out the support site and integrate some of the community features and functionality we had. So really, those you know, I learned from both those guys, and then uh, adopted that for both marketing and kind of well, marketing and also where we were taking community in terms of integrating it, not only in our platform, but on other envi- and other environments such as Facebook. And I think the key story there into it, they have this philosophy called learn, teach, learn, and you never really learn anything until you teach it. So I learned from these other two folks and then I taught it uh, to my team. And then when I was working with my team, I was the facilitator or the scrum master, as they say. So, Scott, was there an aha moment when you were in the middle of these two projects? You said, gee, this would be awesome for marketing? Yeah, I think the aha moment was um, it was more just the realization that traditional marketers, even traditional online marketers, like to plan, do these huge three-year plans. They like to do these huge uh, campaigns for six, you know, sure. six months out. And in this world, which I kind of grew up in, the online world, Six months is a lifetime. I think, you know, it's the aha aha moment was this was going to give the team flexibility to learn quickly, 
and to change or, or do mid, mid-course correction based on what users were doing online and what they were saying about our products. What do you think the team members really um, learned from this process? I mean, one of the things that we've talked about with many different um, marketing teams in prior podcasts was that it, it takes something of a cultural change to understand how to start using Agile, especially for, for marketers. Uh, what do you think was the big thing that uh, some of your fellow marketers in using Agile learned from the process? Yeah, so it's interesting. So uh, both at Intuit and then um, as a consultant and facilitating uh, this process with marketing teams, I think the big thing was that um, that they kind of have to have their hand on the pulse of what's happening at all times. It's not like the good old days, and I'll talk about from a more software perspective since that's the environment that I came from where you would ship a product in the stores and then slowly get you know, information, learnings, metrics, and then figure out what to do based on that. So I think for marketers, the first thing they learned was they need to really look at things um, as they happen. So they really have to learn in real time and then do just-in-time uh, course corrections based on what's happening there. I think the second thing was it's a flattening of the organization. So for this to work, or maybe a flattening of the group dynamics, marketers are not the only ones who can, or the chief marketer or the grand poobah of marketing, can't just drive the discussions. It has to be a real kind of collaborative approach. And that involve, you know, that sometimes demands a different mindset in folks, whether you have the manager who's used to managing top down or whether you have the employee who is usually comfortable with taking, you know, taking uh, requests, shall we say, from their manager. I must say that this all fits very nicely with kind of the Gen Y dynamics as well, because you are empowering the employee to learn real time and then to to be part of the discussion and figure out what to do. Yeah, you're also uh, an author of or a, one of the editors of a Generation Y book that and that book discussed a, a lot of the cultural um, foundations for that generation. Could you talk a little bit about that? Why do you think Gen Ys are so set up perhaps for agile processes um well first thing i think the one thing you know so first of all gen y my impression and what we learned through our interviews in the book and by the way the book basically is um, a lot of interviews with gen wires so the first thing was empowerment so all of a sudden you know gen wires come in a company they really want to be empowered to do something and you know they'll take you know, they work with their manager in terms of saying, here's the goal, but they really want to figure out how to get to that goal. And so I think agile marketing really empowers the employee um, real time. Two is it gives the employee a voice. One of the ways this is going to work is if everybody has a voice um, at the table. Gen Wires, and this is probably true with most young people, want to learn. So it's, it's a great, uh, agile marketing is great for creating kind of a learning culture. And it's the learn. The learning is happening in real time, right? So it's again, it's not like you're plugging away your work, you're doing something, and then five weeks later you see the results of your program. Everything is happening in uh, real time or almost real time. So those are just three examples. I wonder if it's also that element of empowerment comes up there because there is that collaboration going on, but it's also because everybody's playing under the same rules, where there's the same, you know, dependencies or requirements to to act and to report back to the group and to tell people what, what exactly is happening. I wonder if that's part of it as well. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point because, you know, like, so Seth, when we, I worked with Seth, he was really interesting. So he kind of used the swim lane analogy where each project had its own, you know, kind of swim lane or, or project line. 
and you know every day we would check in on it but they were captains of those projects right so if you have five people who are captains of five different projects they 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 don't want to look bad in front of their peers right so there is this group dynamic going on of everybody's empowered to own something so i think that's another big thing for gen y and at the same time you have that group dynamic of you're owning something and so you want to show your peers that you're not letting them down. One other interesting thing that comes out of uh, Agile is that you, especially when it comes in the marketing context, you you know, you have to work with many different teams. Often in uh, uh, application Agile projects, it's, it's, it's the one group. But with marketing, there's a lot of dependencies there. Is that both an advantage and also perhaps could you talk about some of the the stumbling blocks uh, that come out of uh, having some of those dependencies. Yeah, so I think you know historically, um, and actually, you know, a good part of our consulting right now is helping break down silos in companies. And you know, because you find that you know, market. Here's a classic example: a marketer, and I feel like I can say this coming. This is what I usually say. Since I'm from New York, I can make a comment about New York. So now I'm going to say, since I'm a marketer, I'll make a comment about marketing. Is that uh, they t- they sometimes they'll launch programs and not include legal, for example, right? So right. Um, that's that's kind of the classic example. But in this environment, to change course, you know, whether it's say a landing page or something like that, your engineers, your content creators, they all have to be at the same same table. So it really helps address some of the issues like you know lack of team uh, cohesion, and then. I think marketers also, anyway, I, th- I just think it brings different groups together. And you see in a lot of social companies and a lot of social, a lot of companies with their social media approach have these cross-functional teams act as a hub, interacting with different parts of the parts of the company. So Adobe is a great example. And I did some, I did a, a year, I, when I was at Edelman, I worked a lot with Adobe. So they have a very small social media, social marketing team. But on that team, they bring in representatives from other parts of the company, and they're all from different disciplines, different divisions. So you do have that ability to quickly make decisions and then disseminate information to other parts of the company. I think um, Altimeter, Altimeter likes to call that the hub and spoke hub and spoke approach. Yeah, not the dandelion or the other ones. So where do the, where do the numbers fit into all this? I mean, social media measurement is. This I, I joke with people is more social media about social media, and then than any other topic. And then it, within that subset, there's more about measurement and ROI than anything else. I mean, how are you guys getting through the measurement and uh, quantitative part of the problem of, of both managing social and managing agile? From a, a more macro level, I think in terms of measuring ROI and social media, below the line. Is, is a lot easier so from a kind of customer service pers- perspective right so um, calls deflected you can we certainly did that into it you can figure out how many calls you're deflecting based on your social media programs and then uh, apply a cost to it and that can give you a cost savings it gets a little trickier when you start talking about idea gen- generation um, so we look we got this idea from a customer we implemented a product it's really hard to tell the impact. And then um, above the line, I think we're getting better at that. And part of it is, do you have the infrastructure in place to really track the total user experience? So what do I mean by that? You know, a simple example would be you have a program on Facebook, you use bit, you know, bit.ly URL, 
you track people to a landing page, all of a sudden you're the same coding you're using on your site to track user behavior, whether it's with Amateur, sure. you can track that guy to the shop cart. It's, so it's not a, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do, but on a macro level, I know I got in a little the weeds here. You can start forming a picture of ROI, but it's not. It's a little bit of an art, a little bit of a science. Yeah, well, it seems like it's holding it up to the same standards, at least as a marketing medium, holding or set of marketing media, holding it to the same standards that you hold organic search or paid search or other, or email, any of your other online media. If you look at it, I know social is more than that. When we think of, we shift over to agile, when you're in your, you're running a project, it's in an agile mode. Where how does the how does this data fit into that? process so i think can um build a dashboard that tracks everything everything under the sun it's kind of like when i tried to do my uh, family budget and all i start having too many line items to track (laughs) um so i think the key is to pick those 10 or 15 10 to 15 areas that or sorry metrics that you want to track on an ongoing basis and the difference is, is that you're looking at them every day. And somebody could say, well, so old school would say, well, if you look at them every day, that you're not going to see anything to, to act on. But I actually disagree with that. Watching the what paint I found. dry, as they say. Exactly, exactly. But I like to watch the paint dry because whether it's your own online community, and we certainly saw this at Intuit, whether it's a social media program as, um, you know, helping clients with now, you can see on a day-to-day basis things happening. Um, and then since you have these daily scrums, these 15-minute meetings with your team, these daily check-ins, you can adjust accordingly. And so I think that's really key is you, you, know, you really have that flexibility to say, okay, we, the landing page isn't working. We're seeing that after two days. We need to do X, Y, Z. Or if you know, everybody has different things that float their boat. So if you want to track the number of likes and for some reason those likes aren't increasing uh, the way you want, you can start testing things right away. I mean, that's that's the beauty of the, the world we're in today is in many situations, you have the flexibility to to course correct um, either real time or, you know, within 24 hours. So you're talking about they, having the data available to you being met. Yeah. And a key point to this, which is that the data is available to this team, but it's more than the 10 metrics. All the data is available to this team. So, you know, you might have somebody and again this goes back to the gen y thing who likes to take the initiative and i think gen wires you know my experience is they do like to take the initiative they might be able to identify the root cause of why something's not working like why are people not clicking on the like button or uh what's wrong with the the landing page things like that so one of the questions i frequently get and it's funny i got a I think for our podcast, our first fan email today, which was pretty exciting. I was telling nice. John about that before. You know, we've been doing this, John and I have been doing this for a few months now, but more as a labor of love than, you know, obviously for fame and fortune. So, but we got someone who said, gee, can you write the book? Or I'm looking for the instruction manual on doing it. And so we often will try to ask, we, we've been trying to focus more on practitioners on the podcast because that seems to be there aren't a lot of them out there, but one way people can learn is by trying to ask our practitioners, how do you do it? So what, what are some of the, the tangible things that you do? So when you guys are operating you know, mechanically out there, so what are some of the basic parameters like sprint durations, number of people in your sprints, how frequently you scrum, things like that? Can you share some of that stuff? Sure. So, I mean, even before Agile, 
marketing came in my vocabulary is having those daily meetings first thing in the morning, 50, you know, 15 minutes, uh, that check-in. So I think that's one key thing. And then having more in-depth meetings. I like to do it every month. You know, the agile guys say six, six weeks. Um, it's probably not too much of a difference. Two, so the next thing is really the owners of certain areas or projects, the onus is on them to build use, use cases. And so they present those use cases at these meetings. So again, going back to my simple idea or a simple example of a landing page is, you know, what's the use case? Somebody's going to get to that landing page from XYZ. And then from that landing page, they're going to go to, you know, in an ideal situation, they'll go to, you know, page one, page two, or page, you know, page three. And so really building out those use cases, a lot of people will do the use cases based on, you know, uh, demographics. I really don't do that too much. It's more kind of like, here's the problem that that person's trying to solve or in intuit speak, here's the job they're trying to solve. Like you, I've worked with developers in agile environment and then I've also used agile for marketing and my definite, uh, definite difference in observation is the developers are fairly dogmatic in their approach that they would, you know, play their planning poker and have their cards and size everything up and could do a reasonably good job of sizing up. I mean, how dogmatic are you guys in terms of the methodology? I think we're, you know, we really try and be flexible. And I think, you know, I, I hate to use it, the cliche trust. So when I have managed teams, I've actually taken extra time to do team building activities. And I know it sounds very California, but there's something about that, that when you start having, you know, an engineer having trust in the marketing person and vice versa, that makes you more flexible, or I think, or more responsive or work better with another individual. And so a lot of the and a little bit of a tension here, a lot of the team building exercises that I use help help teams understand how the individuals are different at the table, not just from their discipline, but how they solve problems. You know, are they more, you know, pie in the sky type of guy? Are they more the, um, the analytics guy? Do they need time to reflect on things? So it's really that I hear what you're saying about, you know, maybe the engineering culture, but two thoughts is one is spending time on building that team not necessarily with work projects, but outside of work or other team building projects. And then two is, you know, clarity in terms of this is a journey and you guys are, and the team is trying to solve something together. And there's, there's other mechanics too about where people sit and, you know, as a team, um, how they get together. Um, I think that's really important. I will say the benefit of the doubt is, uh, sorry, the benefit for, one thing that I've been lucky about is dealing with engineers who are more comfortable in the SaaS world versus engineers who maybe have worked more on shrink wrap software. And there's a, definitely a different mindset there. Interesting. So it, it seems like we're getting close to our time for the podcast today. So if you don't mind, Scott, I'd like to take a moment just to kind of resummarize some of the points. I wrote down five bullet points. There's my prime number of, you know, that small prime number to kind of summarize things. But if we said there were five things we've kind of learned, I, first thing you said was something around the value of agile being keeping your hand on the pulse of what's going on so you can yeah. have an environment that is truly just in time. Number two is a real flattening of the organization from having an agile and every, having everyone at the table so you can have those conversations. Uh, having lots of data available, kind of having that data, data really open in an open environment and not being stuck on necessarily one set of data and be pulling data in as you need it. 
Number four, I had being flexible. So that was, again, the question I was asking a few moments ago, is it dogma or is it flexibility? And you were saying that some places in the organization being more rigid may make sense, but for what you guys have done with agile and marketing, you've been fairly flexible. And then the, the last advice was spending the time to build your team and kind of having a consensus for a common set of goals. I think I missed anything there. Right, just under te- so two thoughts. One is uh, under team is empowerment and ownership. Sure. Is key. And then one, uh, just call it out a little bit, is uh, so agile marketing, if you pick up the textbook, it says, you know, do six-week sprints. But I think there's another track here. Um, so I think six-week sprints are good. But I also think there's this real-time sprint happening as well, especially from a marketing perspective. So is that the, um, the, like the adjustments you're making at your daily scrums? Yep, exactly. And it could be as simple as a content change or – you know, based on your your platform, you can you know you can make a lot of changes on Facebook pretty quickly. You can do make a lot of changes um, on your you know say your e-commerce website or your community website um, if it's if it's built the right way. Yeah, and it seems like when you're in a social or in a con- for me, it's been mostly around content marketing projects that you write one piece of content. You know, for me, I've been doing it in security management software. It's been my latest thing, and the RSA. RSA has a gets gets uh, breached or Epsilon has a data you know has has their problems that they've been having lately. We start writing about that as much as you maybe sometimes write about Charlie Sheen, but th- that that stuff you can't plan in a six weeks in a six weeks sprint. You can't plan for RSA getting hacked or something else happening. So you need to be definitely adaptive at that level. Isn't that getting at the heart of what Agile is all about, which is helping you to focus? It's giving you a process, helping you to focus on what's really important at the moment. And sometimes you don't know that until you've got the metrics to tell you that something else is important, and therefore that's what you need to focus on now. Well, it's really interesting watching the, just last note here, the whole Epsilon thing, because, uh, you know, getting emails from their retail partners or their banking partners, not all of them came the same day, right? So I got one today, I got one two days ago, one three days ago. I think one thing Agile does is it does provide the infrastructure, the framework and the behavior to be able to respond quickly to things like that. Sure. Um, because even if it's just as simple as having that daily meeting, I mean, imagine if it was Monday and this problem happened and you have to get 10 people to sit down to figure out what yeah. to do. Well, it's interesting. We've had the conversation in previous podcasts that you know, my introduction to agile is I got thinking about how, when you get into a crisis mode, what do you do? You get together every morning, you meet. <laughs> I thought, well, why don't you just, do that as a standard operating procedure. So I imagine some of these guys did that. My question to you, Scott, is how many emails did you get from the Epsilon breach? Uh, seven. I got five, so I think you're winning. So I'm posting them on this fairly new blog I've started because, <laughs> uh, you know, two or three blogs is not enough to have. That's true. Um, called digitalrisks.com. And, you know, I've also invited people to post the letters they're getting there and why is because someday um, I'm going to have a client who's going to say, well, what, how should I respond? And, you know, it's amazing looking at all the letters. This is like the old school where you used to yeah. print them out, and t- tape them to your wall. Oh, like college rejection letters or uh, job rejection letters when you're in college? or Yeah, but you can also see the, the differences of what uh, one bank sent a letter and nobody signs it. Oh, wow. Right? Another one sends a letter and it's the customer care team. And another one, it's an actual person. You know, I kind of like the actual person apologizing. Pretty probably nightmare scenario for Epsilon and on down the stream. So well, do you have um, 
do you do you ask your readers to actually rate them or vote on them? No, I probably should. That's a great idea. There's there's those fun little WordPress. I don't know if it's WordPress blog, but WordPress plugins you can get. <laughs> It'd be kind of interesting to see what people had to say. It's, it is interesting to see what people are saying about it. But the number one comment is, "Hey, I got one too." Yeah, I guess it's kind of like um, maybe you guys are too young to remember the Ed McMahon um, million. What was it? The the million dollar gift or something, and people would get it in the mail. And oh, um, the publisher's clearinghouse. Publisher's clearinghouse, and you'd be like, "Hey, I got one too." <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely born in the '60s, so I'm dating myself. Okay, so. me too. So you and you and I are the same. We're not like John, who's a young whippersnapper. <laughs> well, no, I, I think I've I think I've seen about that. Although I have the cultural, um, you know, across the pond that um, uh, perspective, which is I don't always get cultural uh, references, but it, I think it even went over to uh, to the UK as uh, as an example of uh, American uh, entrepreneurship. <laughs> Well, um, I want to thank you, Scott. This has been great. Um, it's been great to, to chat about the topic of agile marketing and, and learn from you. I really appreciate it. Um, we, uh, we here on the, the podcast also uh, like to give our guests the opportunity to um, uh, perhaps plug something um, s- such as um, uh, you know, your blog. So where can we find you if we want to connect? <laughs> Uh, you can either find me at wildervoices.com or digitalrisks.com. Super. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, really appreciate your thoughts and wisdom on the topic of agile marketing. And thanks, Frank. Great. Thanks, John. John, it's great talking to you again. And Frank, it's great to meet you via the voice system here. Great. Thanks.